Good morning, everybody. Thank you for coming to Shift Church and for everybody who's listening online. We're glad you're joining us there. Also, whether it be through Google Play, iTunes, uh, or through our website, we're so glad you have joined us um, this week. It still amazes me that um, we have people like in Spain listening, Kazakhstan. I didn't even know there was a Kazakhstan until I saw it on the radar. It was weird. You know, I'm just, it just amazes me that we have people all over the world listening. And it's really all because of you guys and your all's generosity to us, and so we want to thank you for that, but just know if you're listening online that we're praying for you no matter where you're at, um, and hope that the message you hear this morning is inspiring for you and encouraging, but um, we're starting a new series today, as you can tell, called The Runaway, and we're going to look at um, one of our friend's life. His friend, our friend's name is Jonah. Um, if you grew up in church um, or your grandmother went to church, or you drove by a church, you know about Jonah, all right? So, Jonah is this interesting character. He loved God with all of his heart, but sometimes he, uh, he went a little bit rebellious. He didn't like sometimes what God was asking him to do, and um, so we're going to look at his, his life journey here um, over the next few weeks as we look through the whole book of Jonah, uh, starting from, from the very beginning to the end. And um, so what I want to do is right off the bat here is kind of give you the bottom line of this whole series, okay? So if you have any questions or if you're like, you tune out after five minutes from now, you know what the bottom line is, okay? So the bottom line is, is this, is to show that God's great love and relentless pursuit of sinful people from renegade cities to rebellious prophets, no one Nobody is beyond God's reach. Because oftentimes we feel in our lives that we're just, we have to maybe have to clean ourselves up before we can be used by God or even come to God, right? We, we've been told by, by churches, and we've been, there's drive down Chapman Highway, there's a church that has on their billboard, clean yourself up, Knoxville, or you're going to hell. Well, it's not our job to clean ourselves up. That's God's job. Our job is just to come to Him, right? And so, we get so confused sometimes about the fact that, you know, we, we, just, we just need to come to God and how life is, mo- the purpose of life is found in our purpose that God gives us. But sometimes we get so distracted by that. And when we get distracted, when we feel like we're too far away from God, what we often try to do is what Jonah did. And it's the title of the sermon this morning, and it's this, Try and Run. You ever tried and run from something you were scared of? Maybe it was like maybe a good thing. Like you were going to get that promotion, but it scared you, so you decided, you know what, I'm also going to do everything I can to disqualify myself from that. Or maybe you, it, it's run from a relationship that maybe would have been a good thing. But like Jonah, we all can relate to Jonah because we're all a little bit rebellious, and we all like to run from the things that God calls, called us to. So to get us started today... Um, I want to ask this question. Have you ever found yourself in a place where you begin to regret that you ever were there? Yeah, okay. I think we all can say we've been in places that we regret. Okay, well, not too, a couple years ago, me and Brittany, being the great parents that we are, dropped our kids off at Mamaw's and Pepaw's, and we decided for date night, we're going to go to this really fun, cool, new place called Jump Jam. Everybody know what Jump Jam is? Okay, well, then I was about 40 pounds heavier, okay, and you're like, you're still fat, Derek, what's well, okay, I'm 40 pounds down, so just bear with me, okay, 
but I was about 40 pounds heavier, and Brittany thought, no, trampolines, I could, I could handle it, okay? I mean, just don't jump from the trampoline to the solid floor because it's weird, but I could handle the trampolines. Well, Brittany talked to me, and they had this obstacle course thingy that you did. You, like, climbed up this thing, went across the thing. You tried to hold on, do monkey bars. Well, fat boys aren't really good at that kind of stuff. So I want to show you this video because I found myself in a place that I regret. So I want you to watch this video real quick. <laughs> You heard me right there, but I just said, I don't think I can get out of here. This is worth a million dollars. Okay. You can go back to the tile there, yeah. But I found myself in a sea of regret. A regret that I ever decided to go across the monkey bars of this playpen. That was a long fall. It kind of hurt, to be honest with you. But I found myself in a sea of regret. Regret that I decided, you know what, I have the upper body strength to hold up. 247 pounds, which I don't. But the story that we're going to look at today, much more than my regret in this pit, our friend Jonah rejects God's call to preach to the city of a city called Nineveh. And he finds himself floating literally and spiritually in a sea of regret. And so our friend Jonah writes this in chapter 1, verse 1. And two, the Lord gave this message to Jonah, son of Amittai. Get up and go to the great city of Nineveh. Announce my judgment against it, because I have seen how wicked its people are. So if we, if we stay right there for a minute, okay? Here's, here's the thing that you, that you have to know. So Jonah was commanded by God to go to Nineveh, to go preach. And that idea repulses Jonah, Due to his great hatred of the Assyrian people, and if you did a little re- if you do a little research, you'll find out that the Assyrian people were were cruel people, like evil people. When they would capture you, they would torture you, dismember you, and they would actually make a slice across your forehead and peel the top of your head off. And it's like, hey, hey, Jonah, this is God talking, okay? Hey, Jonah, I want you to go talk to those people. You mean the people that? Cut your arms and legs off and torture you. And you're like, you want me to go there? The people that attack our village all the time. You want me to go rescue the people that are fighting against us? You want me to go tell them about that? And he, they were, it was just cruel people. But here's one thing that we can know. Is that for some reason, for some reason, this renegade city... God still felt like they were worthy to hear the gospel and hear the message and receive his grace. And it makes me wonder sometimes, like I hear people talk about America, about the world, and well-meaning people say, well, everybody's just going to, you know, to hell in a handbasket. There's no chance, there's no hope, there's no hope for the future, and I think maybe this can give us a picture of our purpose and call in our life. Much like Jonah going to reach these people, wanting, God wanting him to reach these people, maybe in and of ourselves we're being a little rebellious against what God's called us to do from the beginning. And that was to reach the community that we live in. See, I think, I think, of, I think of our small community here in South Knoxville. 
75 square miles and of South Knoxville, 37920, baby. Okay, represent. There's 70, 75, 78,000 people that live in the 75 square miles around us. And if statistics are true, that would mean 28 to 30,000 people are disconnected from the God that you say you serve and want the world to know. So are we being a little rebellious like Jonah? Like, you want me to go there? You want me to go to those people that if, if, they, if, they, if I sit next to them on a bench, I'd move? You want me to go reach those people? And God's like, yeah. But he goes on to say in verse 3, But Jonah got up and went in the opposite direction to get away from the Lord. He went down to the port of Joppa, where he found a ship leaving for Tarshish. Tarshish. He, he, he bought a ticket and went on board, hoping to escape from the Lord by sailing to Tarshish. When we trust, when we, here's, here's, go back to the last verse real quick. So instead of obediently following God's command, this rebellious prophet pays a costly fare to board a ship that was sailing in the opposite direction from, the, from where God asked him to go. Tarshish, they kind of give you 3,050 miles away from the place God had called him to. And they kind of give you a picture. I put this map on here. Did I put that map on there? Okay, well, I didn't put that map on there. Never mind. Just imagine, 3,050 miles away, that's the direction he was heading. Because here's, here's the deal. He had to buy a ticket. It cost him something to even get away from, the, from God's call. So when we run from God, if you're taking notes, you can write this down. When we try and run, it's often costly for you. Now, to him, it cost him some money to get a ticket. But for us, but for us, when we run and don't follow God's command for our life, oftentimes what happens is it costs us our joy. It costs us our purpose. It costs us our direction which it did the same for him. But just think about when we run away from the things that God, that God wants to bless you. God has something special for you if we're aligned with his purpose for our lives. And if we run from that, it's going to cost you something. It's going to cost you from being who you really were meant to be from the beginning. When we try and run, it's often costly for us. Jonah 1, 4, and 5. Where the Lord hurled powerful wind over the seas, causing a violent storm that threatened to break his ship apart. Fearing for their lives, the desperate sailors shouted to their gods for help, threw cargo overboard to lighten the ship. But all this, all this time, Jonah was sound asleep down in the hold. And so think about this for a second. So, we already said that when we try to run, it's often costly to us. But also, when we, when we run, not only is it costly to us, but it's costly for the people around us. So if you're taking notes, you can write this down. When we try and run, it's often costly for you and for those around you. When we run from the call God, 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 God's called us to, all those around us miss out on your story of how God changed your life. Because all these people that God has set in motion to meet you, to hear the story of this great story that you say that you have and you believe in, this great story is never going to be heard because you decided, you know what, I'm going to run from the things that God has called me to. 
the impact that you could have on, a, on this world can, is, is more than you could ever imagine if we just begin to follow God. See, it makes me think of a story that I heard from another pastor who said this, this young man in high school became a believer, and he, he decided that his senior year, he was going to share the gospel with his whole school. His whole school. Well, then school year started. And he said, you know what? Maybe I'm going to run from this. I'm going to run. And he tried to run for a little while. But God just kind of kept up, kept up with him. He kept chasing after him, kept pursuing him. And so he finally got to meet this new kid who came to school. It was, it was, after, it was after Christmas, and this kid was one of those, like, probably a kid I would have hung out with high school, like really gothic, all about wearing, you know, black eyeliner and all that kind of craziness. Uh, this hated life. Apparently his parents had just, one of his mother had just died, and he, just, he really just wanted to end his life. Well, it crossed paths with this one kid. And so this kid started bringing him over to his house, sharing the gospel with him, and this kid's life was changed forever but what he didn't know at the time was that this kid was known to to get drunk and drive his dad's car all over town well one well the end of this, his senior year came and he's like man i only really reached one person i only reached just one person now, my goal was to reach the whole school i probably should have just tried and run and run instead of instead of just reaching this one kid well this other kid was a junior, and the next year, the teachers and the staff knew that this guy's life had been tr- changed by, for some reason. Like he had totally flipped his, his, his life around, and so they're having this uh, MAD program, you know, the Mothers Against Drunk Driving. They're doing this big program in school, and they said, they said, hey, listen, we know you used to drink a lot and go drive, and I think it'd be good for your peers to hear of how, how you've changed and what, what helped you get changed. And in front of the whole school, this kid this kid that the one boy finally invested in said, it's because of Jesus Christ that my life has been changed. So this one kid who thought that he failed in what his purpose and was thinking about running, when he did what he knew he was supposed to do with that one kid, he got to speak to the whole school. All those people would have missed out if he decides, you know what, I'm not going to even try. Because it's not only going to cost you when you run, but it's going to cost all those around you. When you, when, you, when you don't follow what God has for your life, it'll cost all those around you. Jonah 1, starting in verse 6. The captain went down after him. How can you sleep at a time like this? This would probably be me. I'd be the one sleeping in the guard. Like, what are you doing? Get up and pray to your God. Maybe he will pay attention and spare our lives. Then the crew, ca- crew cast lots to see which of them had offended the gods and caused the terrible storm. When they did this, the lots identified Jonah as the culprit. Why has this awful storm came, come down on us? They demanded. Who are you? What is your line of work? What country are you from? What is your nationality? Jonah answered, I am a Hebrew and I worship the Lord. Have you, no- you noticed what's happening? Even in his disobedience. God's using him. I'm Hebrew, and I worship the Lord. And if you read that in the original Hebrew, what it says is, I worship the one true God, the God of heaven, who made the sea and the land. And the sailors were terrified when they heard this, for he had already told them he was running from the Lord. Oh, why did you do it? They groaned. 
And since the storm was getting worse all the time, they asked, what should we do to, to stop this storm? And um, throw me into the sea, Jonah said, and it will become calm again. I know that this terrible storm is all my fault. All my fault. So if you're taking notes, you can write this down. This is something we picture in this in this few passages here. And I already said it, but God can still use you in your disobedience. God can still use you in your disobedience. See, Jonah got to share the message of redemption here. He said, What will save you is if you if I make a sacrifice for you. It's like, I'm, I, I worship the one true God, the one that controls what's going on right now. And it's all because of me, because I've been disobedient. But I, I, you have to, to, to save yourself, I have to die. And verse 13 goes on to say, Instead, the sailors rowed even harder to get shipped to the land, but the stormy sea was too violent for them, and they couldn't make it. Then they cried out to the Lord, Jonah's God, O oh Lord, they pleaded, don't make us die for this man's sin, and don't hold us responsible for his death, O oh Lord. You have sent this storm upon him for your own good reason. And that last phrase there got to me. Because, you know, you hear church people say all the time, well, God will never put anything on you more than you can bear. That's absolutely not true. Because our whole thing is our dependence on him, Right? So everything that happens in our life it falls into two categories. Either our own decisions have caused something to happen or it's maybe God getting our attention. Our own dumb decisions are God getting our attention. But that last phrase got to me. And here's what, here's what that last phrase, the phrase that says, Oh Lord, you have sent this storm upon him for your own good reason. And it's this. The storms in life, in your life, though terrifying and costly, is really an act of God's grace. The storm, whatever you're going through in this moment of life is really an act of God's grace. Because let, let me tell you why. Jonah was running away from God's call. Running away from what, he, from what God wanted the best for Jonah. And to redirect him, God says, you know what? I'm going to put something in your way so you have no other choice than to come follow me. The storm that you're facing in life is God trying to redirect you. If you take notes, you can write this down. Often God allows storms into your, to our lives in order to redirect our course. Maybe to break us to our knees where the only thing that we can do is depend on him. Because these guys were going to die. If Jonah didn't change his course. And Jonah knew that. But here's the thing that it tells us about God. You can write this down too. God's actions are always corrective, never punitive. He's always wanting to correct you, not punish you. That's why I can't stand when people say, or that whole thought line of, well, I'm going to do something bad and God's going to punish me. No, he's not punishing you. He's trying to correct you to get you to see that his ways are better than your ways. He's wanting you to, he's wanting you to see that he designed things to work a certain way because those are the best ways to work them. Whether it be marriage, whether it be how you raise your children, how you have relationships and friendships, how you do business, whatever the case may be. 
His, he, he designed it a certain way because he, he, want, he wants it to work. He wants it what's best for you. The best is in, his, in the way he's designed things to work, never in how we want them to work or how we should feel in our hearts they should work because the Old Testament says that, that your heart is deceitful above reproach. You can't trust it. You can't trust your heart. Well, I feel like this is the right way. Well, your feelings don't matter. Truth is truth. He's never out to punish us. It's out to, to correct us, to, re, to, re, to refocus us on the path that he's called us for. That's why even the word repent means to turn away from and start to follow the truth. And you get this huge picture of this in, you know, in, just, the, in just the life of Jesus, that Jesus paid the full price for our rebellion against God. There's no punishment left for us as believers. That's why his, why his, his storms of, the storms that he allows in our lives aren't punitive. Because there's, there, there's grace there. There's no punishment left for us. Only grace and forgiveness and redemption. And all redemption means is to make new. To buy back what was his from the beginning. We, can't, we can rest assured that the storm God allows in our lives are always for his good and for the good of his people. So when you're facing a hard time, don't think of it as, what did I do wrong or how did I get myself here? But think of it as, what is God trying to tell me? What did I, where did I miss a turn at? Because Jonah missed a turn. He went left instead of going right. And Jonah won Verse 15 starts by saying this. Then the sailors picked Jonah up and threw him into the raging sea and the storm stopped at once. Isn't that a great picture of really of Jesus? Jonah's thrown into the stormy waters. Much like Jesus threw himself into the storm of sin and shame for us to stop it once and for all. You see, the Old Testament is really, according to, according to Hebrews, in the New Testament says, the old law was given to show us that we can't meet the standards of God. That we can't meet the standards of God. No matter how hard you try. No matter how right things are that you do. Because our righteousness is filthy rags. It's trash to Him. So it was to show us that we couldn't meet the standards of God. And so... He says, he says, you know what? I'm going to send a sacrifice. I'm going to send someone that can clean this mess up, that can calm the storm that's going on in the dark, this dark world. So Jesus was hurled into the scene, threw himself into your storm and my storm, the sinfulness of our lives, and laid his life down as a sacrifice for us. So that once and for all, sin can be eradicated. Only if you believe. And by believe, I don't mean by just saying a few simple words. I mean by giving your life to the person who gave his life for you, like I say. To storm hell with a water pistol, as I like to say. But Jonah was thrown overboard and this storm stopped at once. Great picture of grace. And here's what happens. The sailors were awestruck by the Lord's great power. 
and they offered him a sacrifice and vowed to serve him. Some translations say they vowed to serve him for the rest of their life. So here's Jonah. Yes, physically floating in a sea, but really floating in a sea of regret because he knew that he turned his back on a loving God. And all God was asking him to do was just go tell people about it. And God sent the storm his way to redirect him. And I believe, honestly, that God will oftentimes send a storm in our lives to get us back on the path that he has for us. So maybe you're like Jonah and you're going to try and run like I tried to run once. See, a well-meaning guy once told me when I, when I was a young pup, when I felt, man, I, think, I feel like God's wanting me to preach. And he said, he made this comment to me. He said, try and run. Run from it. Run as fast as you can to get away from it. And being middle school kid that I was, and middle school kids take everything literally, I tried to get away from it. I tried to, I ran. Lived my life. I went to church on Sundays. Cleaned myself up, or tried to clean myself up on Sunday. You know, dumped the whole sin bucket on the altar. Just to fill it back up the next week. I lived my life laying down with whatever breathed. And the relentless pursuit of God caught me. Storm caught me. Even like, just, just to be honest, I'm going to be vulnerable, and I know some of y'all have heard this before, but Zane, my son, was that storm. Let me tell you why. And me and Brittany weren't married. She got pregnant with Zane. And at the time, I was doing some music for a youth group at a church that I was going to at the time. And I thought, in my mind, see God, I knew I should have ran because I'm not good enough to do this. You see, I failed, so I disqualified myself. So here you go. And I remember going to the pastor kind of joyfully because thinking I'm going to get myself out of this. Going, hey, man, I can't do music anymore. Um, Brittany's pregnant. And I said, but I know that I led a bunch of, bunch of kids and a bunch of parents and probably Probably, I, I feel like I need to apologize to him. So would you be okay with me apologizing to everyone Sunday and just say I'm stepping down? Thinking this was my out. This is how I was going to end this whole... See, I told you, God, I wasn't called to preach. I remember standing on the stage that very next Sunday and going, hey, I failed. I failed at this. Me and Brittany, we had sex and we're not married and now she's pregnant. And so because I failed, I'm going to 
stepped down as the worship leader for the youth group. And in a moment, my life got flipped upside down. Because instead of being shunned like I thought I would be, people began to stand and clap. Clap in support of saying, hey, we're here for you and you're not done yet. So I don't know what you're facing in life, what storm is thinking you're, you're, that's keeping you from. First of all, if anybody ever tells you to run, don't do it. Okay? Because that's not from God. Now looking back, I know that I misunderstood him and it meant like if you could run from it, then it was never called to begin with. But I don't care what anybody ever says to you. Don't ever run from what you feel God is calling you to do. It's better to do what you think God's calling you to do and realize, oh, later that you're not, you weren't supposed to do that than not to do ever do it at all. But in a moment, I was reassured, no, I chose you. I have a plan for you. And much like Jonah sharing his message to these people, he is not done with you yet. If you're, if you, if you're still breathing, you're, you still got words to say to the person around you that needs Jesus. If you're, if you're not dead, you're not done. But I tried to run. In a moment, God reassured me, no, this is what I called you to do. Now get yourself together. Dry up those tears. Let's get to work. And maybe here, tonight, you feel like you're like Jonah in that sea of regret. And it's not going to be easy. But God has a plan for you. He's going to get you there. It may take a little bit of time, but He's going to get you there. He's going to get you there. And even in now, when you feel like you're in that sea of regret, just know that God can still use you. Because there's somebody where you live, where you work, in your play, where you play, whether it be at track meets or the, the kiosk at work or the school or the yard that you're doing or you're driving in an ambulance, there's somebody looking for hope and you are the carrier of that hope. Never lose that. Jonah tried to lose it and God said, nah not too far and these sailors that were on this boat were not only physically saved from the storm because of Jonah but they began to worship the one true God so even in this moment of chaos be open to allow God to use you alright let's pray to God we want to thank you so much for the life of Jonah our friend Jonah and just the fact God that it's like the song we sang before this there's no shadow you won't light up no mountain you won't climb up coming after us there's no wall you won't kick down lie you won't tear down coming after us just like you chased Jonah down with that storm that was your grace to redirect his path in our own lives in our own hearts 
maybe those storms are your way of getting us to redirect getting us redirected toward your call in our lives God thank you for the people here in person those listening online may you break our hearts for the things that break your heart and may we fall so deeply in love with you that no matter what's coming our way we just overflow with the joy that we have in you may we never lose that joy I'm not talking about happiness I'm talking about true joy that's only found in you I pray that for everyone sitting here and listening online we, we receive true joy in you and whatever you there's somebody in this room that you're calling to do something great you've anointed you've, you've equipped I just pray that they stop running from what you're calling them to and they run straight for you. I pray all this in your name.